the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black. Talking money, investing, retirement, and much, much more for you. Take a look at the year to date on the markets. The Nasdaq's up 35%. The SP 500 up 18%. The Dow's now up 6.3%. For the last month, the Dow has been making a little bit of a catch up move. Not, not, they're not going to catch the Nasdaq. But earlier this year, where the Dow was up maybe three, 2.5, three and a half, four. Now it's up 6.3. So I like seeing that. Like seeing a little bit more breadth of the market. Um, Tesla up 140% year to date. 10 year treasuries to 3.8%. Last October, economists in the United States were expecting a 100% chance of recession. Now the Dow Jones Industrial Average is riding a 10 day win streak and people are starting to go, eh, maybe not. The S&P 500 is within 5% of its all-time high. Wall Street has been waiting for the Fed to end their interest rate hike, and that'll be phase one. Phase two of a bull market should be earnings expansion. Phase three might be when the Fed starts lowering interest rates. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. We are in a bull market right now. Barbenheimer. Are we tired of that yet? Greta Gerwig's Barbie pulled in $155 million. It's tough to see that any other way than to say that's a pretty big hit. Um, Oppenheimer did well, though, too. Let's talk about some of the details on this one. First and foremost, when you heard the Barbie movie was being made with the actress that they cast, you probably said something to yourself like, that's probably not going to be the best movie ever. At least that's what I did. And I was I couldn't have been more wrong. Well, I didn't see the movie, but Greta Gerwig is a filmmaker. She's being well respected on this one. $150 $150 million to make the movie, $150 million to market the movie. The marketing's almost the marketing is said to be bigger than the budget. And memes translated into ticket sales. Biggest movie weekend since Avengers Endgame arrived four years ago, pre-pandemic. Greta Gerwig's Barbie. I guess that's how we're going to refer to it now, huh? Oppenheimer by Christopher Nolan. It didn't do too shabby either. Eighty and a half million dollars for an R-rated movie. That's historically based. That's three hours long. 
keep in mind if the movie was 90 minutes, they could have snuck in a whole nother showing, right? Oppenheimer had an IMAX screen experience that only 19 screens in the United States uh, did the full, 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 full IMAX. Kind of makes me want to see it there. I don't know where they are, but kind of does, doesn't it? For Barbie, uh, my spouse took the kids to a movie on Friday. And it was not Barbie. And it was not Oppenheimer. And she said guys were dressed up in pink and girls were dressed up in pink. And there's a whole thing, which is. Didn't we hate on her for a while in the 90s and 2000s? Wasn't that a thing that she's unrealistic to young girls? But I guess she's OK on the screen, right? Margot Robbie. Um, it could also tell us that Spider-Man and the uh, all the superhero films that have come out like Flash that we're, we're ready for original IP intellectual property, but we're running a little dry on the sequels to sequels. The movie industry will cheers Barbenheimer until the champagne runs dry because there's little else worth celebrating. Still the hundred thousand Hollywood actors and writers are on strike, sending movie production and promotion into a deep freeze that shows no signs of thawing. I'm not going to talk about the strike. I could, but I'm not going to. Elon Musk is Xing out Twitter's bird. Bye-bye. Twitter's famous bird logo. The most recognizable asset of the company. With an X, the bird's going, and in comes the X as of today. Ditching Twitter's classic branding is the clearest indication yet that Musk intends to create an everything app under a new company called X Corporation. So he's killing the name of the company, and he's killing the brand of the company. And replacing it with a new name and a new logo. It's an okay looking logo. Kathy Wood has written down her Twitter stake by 47%. I've heard it's as high as 65% at Fidelity. So turning a $42 billion investment into shambles. What would that equal? Uh, 14 million? 14 billion? That's a pretty big loss. The NASDAQ's getting rebalanced. NASDAQ shuffled the weighting of its NASDAQ 100 index so the biggest tech companies have less sway. The issue is that the market caps of tech giants like Microsoft, Apple, and NVIDIA have got so big that when you refer to the NASDAQ, you're really just referring to just a few companies. Rebalancing isn't expected to have a meaningful impact on stock prices. Could mean the NASDAQ has further room to grow if Microsoft and Apple were to stall out. And go sideways. And I guess that's that NVIDIA in there as well. United States is sizzling. Um, you can hear air conditioners humming everywhere around the country. Surprisingly, California utility Pacific Gas and Electric said it would be able to meet the heightened demand for electricity this summer. Texas is holding up as well. They haven't asked residents to conserve electricity since last month. California's record snowpack in the winter has given a major boost to hydropower. In May, hydropower produced more electricity than any month in the previous three years. Who would have known that all that snow would have been? Did I, I heard, listen to this. Mammoth, which is in Southern California. It's still open. That's pretty nuts. It's July 24th, ladies and gentlemen. We've had many hundred degree days. Recently expanded battery storage in both states, California and Texas. 
that can be tapped as emergency lifelines and power grid is strained is also helping. Texas's solar capacity is more than twice the amount installed in the same point of last year. So that's a big growth market. This week, we get the Federal Reserve. They're likely going to announce another interest rate hike. This could be the final hike in its 16-month quest to bring down inflation. Don't expect the Fed to say it's the last. They want everyone to stop spending money and sending stocks higher. They want to see inflation go sideways, of which, because what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, there's been a buildup of aggression on the grain side of the country, that we are expecting food inflation to hit us again this winter. Uh, a new round of it, so to speak. Earnings galore this week, you get Meta, Alphabet, Microsoft, McDonald's, Coke, ExxonMobil. It's earnings season galore. Um, Futurama made its long-awaited return to Hulu. 30. I know a lot of people that are Futurama, like nuts. Um, worthy of note for whatever reason. Uh, the life after death and finding your space on Hulu. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Capital markets have a big week ahead of them this week. You get earnings, reportings, which I think it's the busiest week of earnings season is the second one. You get the central bank policy decisions. You get a lot of economic data. There's always the unknown factor working in the background as well. So what else are we going to have to deal with? I feel the market's a little tired. It's had a big run. It's spread out some of its breath. Many in my industry would say a 5 to 15% correction during summer would be ideal to set us up for the fall. Right now, Apple's providing some support. Um, as it's big boy, they, uh, Deutsche Bank and Wells Fargo raised the price targets to 210 and $225, $210 out of Deutsche and 225 out of Wells Fargo. Chevron's up today saying that they see a second quarter earnings per share above expectations. Google and Alphabet. I'm sorry, Google and Alphabet. I think they're the same company, Rob. I meant Microsoft and Alphabet. They're going to report their June quarter results after the close on Tuesday. And the Fed meeting is going to close Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So 11 p.m. Pacific. I think Wednesday at 11, 1130 is probably going to be the high point of news releases this week or of actionable Changes on the market. Everyone expects the Fed to raise interest rates to the 5.25, 5.5 range, which, again, if you're an investor, what expectations, what, what returns do you want to get? Typically, you say market performance would be 8 to 10%, but safety in the last few years, you're getting 1%. So you really said, I'm going to get off my, my hiney here and go from that 0 to 1% of safety and go into stocks, and now you're in the situation where safety is five and a quarter percent. As a saver, I'm having a marvelously happy year. As an investor, I'm having a marvelously happy year. Um, 
I haven't been able to say nice things about saving for such a long time. And it's going to get a little bit better when the Fed raises rates. Now, again, it gets a little bit worse for mortgages. Fed sets the cost of money. Company makes mortgages for a living. They decide, you know, huh, we're going to go out and borrow $25 billion. And the Fed's like, not so fast, not so fast. We're charging five and a quarter percent. And then they sell it to you for six and a quarter, seven. You get, that's kind of how it works. That's really oversimplification because there's more people in the process. But uh, cost of money. Oh, interesting. Let's talk about the cost of money right now, because I think that plays into mortgages and the Fed this week. Robert Schiller talked over the weekend. He is an economist who's won a Nobel Peace Prize. Not a Peace Prize, but a, a Nobel Prize. Um, I think he's pretty smart. I know you're saying, okay. Um, I think he's pretty good at what he does as, as far as explaining things. His name's Robert Schiller. Um, he's talking about real estate this weekend. He won a Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences in 2013. I know this is sound kind of weird to say out loud. I think he's kind of handsome for an older man. Um, he did a lot of work on empirical analysis of stock prices. Again, when he talks, I listen. Uh, he says a decade-long rally in U.S. home prices could finally come to an end once the Federal Reserve stops its rate hiking cycle. That's interesting. Because I was thinking... Maybe people start saying, okay, now I'm going to jump in now, now that things have stabilized and are likely to go lower in interest rates and I'll refinance lower in the future. He's saying, nope, you got that wrong, Rob. I'm going to bet on him, not on me. Home prices have made steady gains since 2012 over the last 10, 11 years. If you've owned a home, you've benefited, whether it's a small home, a big home, a large home, a home in Miami, a home in California. California. I loved it when we had Schwarzenegger as the governor. Just the way he would say the word California. Um, so home prices have been running up for 11 years. And he's saying this is the time to start thinking, nope, that's far enough. Listen to what he has to say. And then you judged. The fear of interest rate increases has influenced people's thinking. It's not just the homeowners. It's new buyers who wanted to get in before interest rates went up even more. They want it to lock in. So that's been a positive influence on the market. But that's coming to an end. So basically, he's saying Rob bought a home two years ago at a low rate. We know the Fed has been raising interest rates for 16 plus months. Um, would Rob still buy said home? And the answer is I would not. I locked in. I'm not even thinking about prepaying a mortgage payment. Anything that I would prepay and save on a two and a half percent mortgage, I can throw into a bank account and get five and a half percent. Nope, not going to prepay. Schiller noted that the index reflected unusual behavior last six months, saying prices seemed to be fine and then they started to go up. Home prices notched a record high in May, up seven tenths of a percent nationally from April at a seasonally adjusted rate. I think people don't know what to make of what the Fed's going to do. 
he said. The Fed indicated during its June meeting that further tightening is likely, but at a slower pace. Schiller goes on to say, we've seen a dramatic increase in interest rates since a couple of years ago, and I think there's a sense that that's enough. Schiller added, however, that he's not panicking, saying part of the recent spike in home prices is just seasonal, noting the prices typically go up in the summer. I I would like to see the decade-long rally take a pause for two or three years. And what we would still see is that on a 15-year basis, we've done well. We don't have to be at all-time highs all the time. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Elon Musk changing the name of Twitter to X. The thing that catches me is 70%. That's the number. That's how much user engagement measured in daily active users has fallen on Meta's Twitter competitor threads since a peak on July 7. So even though Twitter has done a great job of, and I say this sarcastically, of messing up what Elon Musk paid for it, uh, threads doesn't look like it's going to be the runaway winner or it doesn't look like it's going to be able to steal anything for any period of time. For me, Twitter has just become unreliable as far as content goes. And it has too much screaming at each other, which I do not like. So if Mark Zuckerberg wants to continue throwing money into threads, he better find some compelling features fast because user engagement's dropping like a rock. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black to talk in all things financial, money, investing, retirement, insurance, Anything that I can pass off as infotainment, I try to. There's never been a better time to get started with investing. It could be today, in fact. I constantly am getting new people to try to save a little bit of money. There's a news broadcaster whose um, daughter is in medical school. I'm like, why did you open an Acorns account for her? And have her start, you know, rounding up her investments. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, if you can, why don't you fund $50 a week for her or $100 a month into her account, out of your bank account, into her investment account? She goes, that's easy to do. But for some reason, it took me to motivate her. That's never good. So I do want you to start thinking about income in retirement. I got another check from my mother's estate. It's essentially the final check that I'll get before final accounting is done. That'll you know throw a couple pennies each direction. Um, so and I'm investing it. I don't know if it's going to be an income as I'm starting to get older and my time on the workforce side of my life could come to an end. I'm happily employed at EP Wealth, Um, but there's a time where, you know, maybe I have a heart attack and maybe I I have a stroke and I can't do what I'm doing now. It happens around this age or it can happen around this age. My mother had two strokes 
I want to say right around 70, uh, maybe late 60s, maybe 70. And she become on, she became unfit to drive. I don't know what I would do if I became unfit to think. So I, I'm going to have to at least have a plan in, in place for income and retirement. Just in case I can't give critical thought to what's happening out there for you. Just talking for reals. That's uh, all I'm doing here. I'm not trying to upset you or anything else. Um, speaking of having a stroke, uh, my father passed away from cancer at 58, which was a little bit too early. Um, it's interesting what that did. It made me getting life insurance very difficult because it's a very big strike on longevity. If one of your parents dies before 60. Isn't that interesting? I wonder what insurance companies do if like you're adopted and you don't know your parents' age or health. But when you're filling out this healthcare forms and they say, have your parents had a stroke? Do they have diabetes? Like they're trying to figure out how long you're going to last. So I say this all the time. I, I would give a million dollars. I'd give everything. I, I would do whatever I could to talk to my dad one more time. Um, my advice to you is talk to your parents while they're living. Both of mine are gone. A lot of people are living longer. A lot of children of aging parents struggle with the idea of when to approach their parents to talk about what happens if you have a stroke. What happens if you have to go into a home? We have a family friend that the father passed away. And in the estate plan that he left, he didn't leave everything evenly to the children. In fact, gave the home to one child and not the other. And said, because you're getting the home, you're going to help take care of mom because I know my son isn't going to do it. So he's trusting his daughter to do it. That's just brutal. Those kids hate each other now. So talk to your parents. They didn't know that was coming. Many parents have already determined through an estate plan how their assets will be dealt with in the event of their death. The issue to consider next is how to ensure things are taken care of if your parents have health problems. It's important to have this conversation while they can converse with you. It should alleviate some stress. And circumstances can quickly change, as I learned. Again, a stroke or two can change things aggressively. Oh, for the record, the, the father who died he, of cancer, uh, the friends, his spouse almost instantly went into long-term memory care and is eating up $100,000 a year in costs. A couple things you should talk to your parents about. And again, it's funny because when I talk estate plan, I 99% talk about what I want to do for my children. And ultimately, I want to give them a tranche of money at 25, 35, and 45, whether I'm alive or not. Um, I want it to be in their names only and never to go to their spouse in case my kids marry poorly. I want to set up a foundation that's tied towards charitable giving. And have both my sons be board members. And they'll get a salary out of that. If they want, it'll be reasonable. But they also have to give away X amount of dollars per year. And they have to agree on what they're going to give it to. 
So I've kind of set them up for a passive job that they can do on top of a real job. I've also given them life changing money when they turn 25, 35 and 45, probably a house at 25, probably college money for their kids at 35. Like it's more than that. But I, when I talk about my estate plan, I, I 99% talk about my children and I don't talk about, Hey, by the way, you need to take care of me and mom if need be, or you need to make sure that we don't end up at a home and get abused. It happens. So one of the things that we have set up is a durable power of attorney and a healthcare proxy. I don't want to live for more than a month, maybe even more than a week on a ventilator or in a coma. Um, I don't. I don't want to be that burden to my my family. Um, I don't want them thinking, oh, dad's just laying there. I wonder if he can hear us. Should one or both of your parents need care, either at home or in nursing homes? A durable power of attorney and a healthcare proxy helps immediately smooth things along. A durable power of attorney allows an agent to make financial decisions on a person's behalf, while a healthcare proxy allows someone to make medical decisions on a person's behalf. And I don't want my kids thinking, like, what if one kid says, like, I, you can't unplug dad, and the other kid says, dad wants to be unplugged. Um, or he's just a vegetable. He's just laying there. I, I don't want them to make the decision. So it's written out by me. Um, for a lot of seniors, I want my kids to help protect. I'm expecting my spouse to outlive me. I want them to protect her. Most seniors don't want to lose control of their assets. In the final 10 years of my mother's life, she went through some situations as we put her into a home and she was also living in her own home. She would get phone calls. And boy, when you're 65, 75, 80 years old and your memory's going, you have Alzheimer's, you want nothing but to talk to anyone who's on the other side. And at one point in time, me and my brother David noticed on her monthly statements that she was paying $100 a month. And we couldn't figure out what it was. It was a recurring fee. She didn't remember. A little bit of investigation. It was an insurance person who sold her life insurance. Um, and she didn't need it. But someone talked her into it. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that she had the brain capacity to give up a, a bank account number. Um, but she did. Aging sucks. So talk to your parents. Um, your parents should have, like I've said, durable power of attorney and a healthcare proxy. If your parents are married, assets can be easily transferred from the ill parent to a healthy parent at any time. If you have a single parent, the transfer of assets is a lot more complicated. A plan must be in place five or more years in advance of any medical emergency. Your parents' assets should be transferred into a trusted individual, usually a beneficiary of their will, five years before they anticipate the need for long-term medical care. There's things that you should think about called irrevocable trust, and irrevocable trust transfers assets from the grantor's control and moves them to a trust to be held by the beneficiary or beneficiaries. Irrevocable trust cannot be modified or terminated without the permission of the grantor's beneficiary or by the order of a court. 
if your parents create an irrevocable trust and transfer their monies into the trust, they will not have the legal right to that money. While the parent is alive, the trustee may have the right to transfer any amount of money back to them. Following the death of the parent, the assets would be transferred pursuant to the parent's estate plan. It gets kind of complicated when you start talking about it's kind of easy when you start talking about what you want to leave your kids. It's kind of difficult when you start talking about what you expect them to do for you. And this is where I get into a little bit of trouble. Um, it, my culture is different than your culture. Some cultures love their parents living with them. I don't. I wouldn't want that. I don't want to live with my kids. I don't want my kids to have mom living downstairs. And their wife getting all angry because uh, their mom is living downstairs in the basement and is cranky all the time. I don't want to be burdened on the kids. So starting to find, you know, where am I going to live in retirement is important to me. Whereas, you know, I don't play golf. What hobbies will I have? As a rule of thumb, you should have a conversation with your parents as they reach their 70s. You should have that conversation about memory loss and health conditions. Where's the uh, healthcare proxy? Where's the durable power of attorney? We need to get these checked over by a lawyer and make sure that they're still good and enforceable. So if you haven't had that conversation, you strongly should consider it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, I have a big event coming up in August. I'd like to see you there. Um, it's the seven test of retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, August 24th, 630 to 830. You can sign up for the event at Show. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Last segment of the podcast broadcast. I tend to like to figure out, you know, uh, last thoughts, things that are moving the markets and why. Whatever I can to help us get to where we need to go. I thought of a funny line for television later this morning. Bombs and blonde bombshells rock the market or explode the market, right? Um, quite the combination, those two, to say the least. One thing that I want to talk about is Spotify. A little bit of a lesson here for you, and let's see if I'm right on or right off. Spotify raised prices for its premium plans across several countries, including the United States and the United Kingdom. The move resulted in a $1 price increase for Spotify's plans, with the premium single now starting at $10.99, a duo at $14.99, family at $16.99, student plan at $5.99. I want to talk a little bit about what this means to me and maybe to you, Spotify has moved in recent months to boost margins with hundreds of layoffs and a restructuring of the podcast unit. So a couple of years ago, when things got a little bit heated in podcast and you saw Joe Rogan sign a multi-hundred million dollar deal, yeah, that seems to be like a lot of money. And there's probably been 10 podcasts that I can name that are probably pulling in 98% of the revenue. Um. 
or at least the income is probably the more fair thing to say. Taking a look at Spotify from a stock perspective, um, it got down to a $70 level. And if you take a look at the last five years, um, during the pandemic, it got kind of rough. Um, coming out of the pandemic, they had too many employees. So like I said, they had hundreds of layoffs and they restructured the podcast unit from speculative to more reasonable. That's good news if you're an investor. Now, the price increases come at a time when services for both audio and video are under rising investor pressure to boost profitability after years of prioritizing growth. Spotify, which has indicated in April of this year that it would raise prices in 2023, has also raised prices in 46 countries this year. I like it when companies raise prices. I like it when companies fire people. I know that means I'm probably going to get karma kicked in the butt. That I'll be fired one day, right? I have to think about this one. Have I ever been fired? Like back in my teenage years? I think I stopped showing up for a job once. That's probably fired, right? Um, how many users does Spotify have? 365 million. How many paying customers does Spotify have? Because they have a blended model of advertising and subscription. I think that's when it starts to get very interesting. Um, and what I mean that by that, the number of Spotify premium users worldwide from first quarter of 2015 to first quarter of 2023, if you were to look at it, it's really impressive. They've gone from 18 million back in 2015 to 210 million today. So you raise the prices one buck. It all moves down the bottom line. Do I think this will be the last time they raise prices ever? Nope. Uh, we've got 365 total, 365 million total users. Um, there's some things that I like about Spotify. As far as a stock goes right now, is it appropriate for me? <clears throat> I like that total addressable market of 365 million people. That is not lost on me. That when you look at companies like Tesla getting a large chunk of the total addressable EV market or Apple getting a bit chunk of the phone market or of the watch market of the headset market the that's what wins wars and i gotta be careful on the word wars right uh this is just after all investing but i like that spotify is raising prices and i know it's it's one of those that you go what do you like about that a couple weeks ago, it briefly touched a 52-week high. I think it's a long-term type of company if you want to own it. Stock is up 90% this year plus. You have to compare them, in my opinion, to Apple and Google as far as services go. I think Spotify is going to have substantial competitive pressures going forward since it's no longer the exclusive provider of specific podcasts. There's some things that you don't like about it. Of the total revenue, 87% of their total sales are premium subscribers. So premium subscribers are slowing, but if you're able to raise prices, it's positive. So you have to like, 
play all of this in your head. And you have to figure out what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. Again, it's doubled off its lows. These are things that you go, I like that. Uh, There's another stock that I'm looking at getting before I would consider a Spotify. I don't own shares of Spotify right now. Um, It is pulling back 5% today. Uh, I do like stocks when they're pulling back. It is well off its all-time high. The all-time high of 364, it's at 162. It was at 364 back in February of 2021. So in the pandemic, uh, what were we doing? We were apparently listening to music and podcasts. Um, but that's what a $1 price increase does to me. It gets me talking about a stock for five minutes. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget big event coming up at the end of August. The seven tests of financial readiness for retirement with CFP Chad Burton, Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California. Can you pass the seven tests? Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Big earnings week, Fed week, a lot of economic data on inflation week. Are you ready? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.